Hello, welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. Um, it's been a week that's been kind of dominated by all the changes as we try and unlock our, our lockdown lives a little. Um, but there's been a few other bits and pieces that have come along which have, uh, which have kind of tickled my fancy through the course of the week. So uh, to get us going, let's have a bit of that twangy guitar. <laughs> It was weekly shopping day today, flit around between Mondays and Tuesdays, um, and I haven't seemed to have changed that kind of lockdown kind of routine in terms of I tend to go uh, on a Monday and a Tuesday because it's fairly quiet uh, in the evenings, and um, and it just it's just something that's stuck. Um, and what tends to happen, we've got uh, an Aldi and a Lidl in Home Firth, and so what I tend to do is I tend to go to one, get what we need and end up calling at the other one um, for the bits and pieces that you couldn't get in the first one. And um, what that's meant is that's meant that I've had an opportunity, I've indulged myself once a week uh, in in what's become my new retail hobby. And that is uh, seeing whatever those two shops have got squirreled array in their um, in their middle aisles or what their specialist food um, promotion is for the week so um, you've got all the stuff in the middle which is just a cornucopia of of stuff that you don't think you need but then you get very very excited about when you see what they've they've got and I'm always coming home with something completely random that I didn't go for just because it was there and I realized my life wouldn't be complete without it and and if you want an example of that then I'm I'm wearing a fantastic pair of slipper socks as I record this episode. These big furry things, kind of. Um, I'm wearing them in an '80s style, uh, on top of my jeans, kind of turned down. It's a little bit kids of fame esque, but you've got to be from a certain period, um, and 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 they're amazing. And they were a they were a little special. Um, so it's things like that. And today's uh, special, and it was a little special, it was a food one today, but I came home with a bottle of grappa. Now, if you don't know what grappa is, grappa is something that I, I've drunk a lot when I've been tootling around Europe. Um, and it's a it's a, a, a grape uh, brandy, a grape pomace brandy. And it's quite difficult to explain. It's originally an Italian beverage, I believe. Um, and... All I can say to you is it's a great thing to have. If you've, had a, if you've had a heavy meal and you can stand to have a glass of grappa, it makes the world of difference to your ability to digest your meal and to get some sleep. Um, now, it's fa- it's a fairly acquired taste. It's relatively horrific to drink um, because it is literally a, a kind of like brandy-esque, clear. So it sort of looks a little bit like a white wine, a little bit like a Chardonnay kind of colour. Um, and you, you, you go to give it a sniff and you have that first taste and it, and it literally just does, you know, do your throat lining as you're, as you're drinking it. But, but the effect of it is, uh, is fairly incredible. So, um, and I've been, I've been after a bottle of grappa for years and you can get it in specialist off licenses, but it's, it's, it's quite expensive and it is still, you know, fairly difficult to find. Um, and, and there I was, you know, faced with a bottle of grappa for an, a very reasonable amount of money. Uh, and I thought I'd take a gamble. Now, I've not tried it yet, but everything I've, when we've had 
these little things from the food promotions has all worked out really well. So, so it's a big shout out this week to uh, to this new this new kind of craze of what you can or can't get in the middle of uh, in the middle of Lidl or the middle of Aldi, um, and, and and a huge thanks to whichever one of their people in their um, purchasing teams uh, thought getting grapper in was a was a good idea. <laughs> I write myself little notes about what I'm going to talk about in the podcast because um, I'll think of something when I'm I'm out on a walk or I'm in the middle of doing some work or whatever it might be and I just scribble down a couple of words that help me remember and I don't write down the topic I normally write down my reaction in a in a couple of words and so I wrote down today part baked and um, that was because um, I was mulling on the fact it's been announced that the schools are not going to be all back the kids aren't all going to be back to school before the end of the summer term so uh, originally the government had said look we're going to try and get every school child back into the school buildings um before we get to the to the summer and that that come under you know a, a lot of pressure from parents and from unions and from medical officials um and it was it was difficult to know whether the science was proving what they were trying to do or not um and that's been dropped as of today and the reason why I, I kind of put part baked is because back at the point when we shut the schools, I remember having a conversation with my wife and saying, look, if the social distancing thing is not going to go anyway soon, anytime soon, then the best you're going to get to a school classroom in terms of kids to maintain those distances is between 10 and 15 children. Uh, now, obviously, we've got village schools, and they're relatively small in terms of classroom size. But but even with larger schools, ten or fifteen, half the half the capacity of your current class in a room is about the best you're going to get. So, consequently, if you want to get all the kids back to school at the same time, it didn't take a genius to work out that you would need at least double the amount of rooms and double the amount of teachers. That that just seemed to be the only way that you could actually do what was was being required. Um, and that's working on the assumption that most schools don't have free rooms. So, okay, assume that they have a couple of rooms that they aren't being used. Even so, that goes hand in hand with the assumption that you probably in most schools can't get half into a class. It's probably less. So I think doubling the amount of rooms as a bare minimum, which therefore means doubling the amount of, of teachers, is a reasonable assumption. Um, and I said that back before the end of March. And yet that penny only seems to have dropped uh, in government circles this week, and that's the the reason why I put half baked. And the the problem with that is not that we've had to take a step back. I think the step back is, I think the step back sensible under the circumstances. It's what we could have done in that time because I don't think this is going away anytime soon. And I think how we educate our children is going to be something that's going to be different for the next academic year. And by that, I mean from September to September. So we need to start working about into you know routines of week on week off or um, routines for when if they're in one week and they're off the following week then what's the structure at home look like video lessons all those kind of things we could have been working on that since March and yet we haven't we've had management of schools running around um, trying to implement a plan that any sane person could realise just wasn't going to work so so that's why I wrote down part baked. Um, I, I genuinely want my children to go back to school because I think they're, they're really missing the social 
aspect of it, particularly my youngest, who's seven. So this is not some kind of, right, well, I just don't want the kids to go back, though I am I am scared about it. Um, but this is to do with the fact that we, we, we're going to need an education structure that will work for a long period of time, and everything at the moment just feels short-termist. Wednesday. When is it too early to join a Zoom call? had a couple of examples uh, in the last few days of being in, in different situations with Zoom and not really knowing what the the protocols were. So um, I was um, in a meeting with a colleague um, and a third party who I'd never met before. And I was 10 minutes before the, the Zoom call was about to start, I was sat at my desk waiting. Um, and I didn't know... I was sat there thinking, well, when's the earliest I can join? Is 10 minutes before for a meeting that's going to last an hour? Is that too early? Do you join on the minute? Do you join uh, two or three minutes before? What is what is that? What's peak Zoom join period? Because actually I was thinking, sat there thinking, well, I don't know. Um, and I'd been chairing a, a webinar on Zoom, a panel-based webinar on Zoom, uh, an industry thing the week before, and we'd had about 50 or 60 guests in this uh, in this webinar. And people were joining about 15 minutes before it was due to start. And, uh, and the, as you know, as a panel, we were just trying to get ourselves ready and check that we'd got everything and do a few last-minute tech checks, and people's names were popping up. And um, the person who'd been, you know, who'd been kind of moderating and doing the tech for that call was just politely asking people to leave and come back a little bit further you know down the line so it just got me thinking as to what are the what are the protocols for this and if and I hate to make analogy with um, with our walking down the side of the road ongoing um, thing um, you know which direction do you walk on a, on a road with no pavements uh, what's the what's the protocols there and I've just thought well actually none of us know the zoom protocols because for all of us this is this is quite a new way of working so if you've got any idea, what that sweet spot is, you know, is it 9.56 for a 10 a.m. call? Is it 9.58? Is it 10.01? Do we actually, is the polite thing to join a minute or two later uh, as we assume that the person the other end of the call is desperately running around, you know, trying to homeschool a child or, or make a quick drink before because they've been on back-to-back calls for six hours? So I don't know. So if there's any way you can, you can let me know. And apologies if I got slightly niggled with anybody on um on the webinar we did coming in early um but i i i, I kind of don't know what the rules are thursday if you're of a certain age there are certain films that you um you can't help but been heavily influenced by um i've talked before about star wars and star wars is obviously one of those films for me um but being somebody who you know hit an age in the late seventies and was around in the early eighties and watching films and going to the cinema, then you throw into that mix things like Indiana Jones, which was kind of a big deal when Indiana Jones um, came out, and and you go a bit further down the line and you throw in things like you know Back to the Future and Top Gun and things like that, and they were the things that we were we were going to see in our in our mid-teens um, and, and having a real lasting impression. And I've only got a glance at the DVD shelf to see all those films still there and know that, you know, 
every time Back to the Future comes on, I will sit down and, and watch it. And every time Indiana Jones comes on, I will sit down and watch it. Um, one of those films was Flash Gordon. And Flash Gordon, um, which is a sort of a 1980 film, Flash Gordon's kind of mythical in that respect because there's never really been, I don't think there was anything before, has been anything since that was quite like it. That was that was an exciting space-based romp. It had bits of Star Wars floating in it, but it had this real great, you know, pumping soundtrack from Queen, uh, and it was played, you know, all in a high camp kind of style. So it was it was exciting and it was funny and it was vibrant, um, and it and it just seemed like a you know a really interesting an interesting thing. And of course it had it had the bit. So you know you remember watching Indiana Jones for the very first time because you remember the guys the scene at the end where the guy's face melts and 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 if you're sort of as I was sort of nine at that point you remember that because it it was a little bit gory um so that's it that was etched into the memory uh and it was the same with Flash Gordon because the scene in Flash Gordon where you know whether whether the head henchman uh, of Ming um gets uh, gets thrown onto a kind of a spinning disc thing which has spikes in it and he gets and he gets fairly garroted on this thing and there's a a little sequence where his his eyes and his tongue kind of you know pop out and of course that was the big bit that everybody talked about when we'd you know when we'd see the film and then we're all dashing around trying to do do the Brian Blessed thing and the the Gordon's alive thing so um so Flash Gordon really really touched a, a touched a nerve for us back then and the only reason I mentioned it was I stumbled upon a documentary on I think it was on Netflix this I it might have been prime one of the two this week uh, called Life After Flash because the guy that played Flash Gordon Sam Sam Jones just just kind of disappeared after he made that film and and yet having made that film you just thought he was on the path to superstardom um and this this documentary was really really interesting to watch and I recommend it to to anybody because it it's a a real kind of um step back into that moment to see you know why that film is so special for so many people even though it's not a cinematic classic um you know it hasn't had the lasting effect that say Star Wars or Indiana Jones has and and you can't argue it was a work of great art but as something that that has a place and is very much of its time, then then it's it's absolutely up there. So if you've if you're scrolling through and you've got nothing to do and you've got an hour and a half and you want something to watch that isn't you know that isn't this week's must watch drama, um, then then find Life After Flash, particularly if you're of a certain age, um, because it's it's a real it was a real happy trundle down that period of time and then it's a really fascinating story about what happened since to the people you know who were in it and what happened around the time of the of the production um and it includes talking to people like queen and all the other all the assorted people that were that were in there and brian blessed's there and everybody's there so so give that a watch but uh, but but yeah life after flash really really kind of struck home this week <laughs> Friday. So I managed to get to Friday um, and have that moment to reflect on some of the things that have happened this week that that may not have happened uh, had it not been a, a lockdown week. Um, and uh, and I guess the first thing really on the on on the list is probably and it isn't. I suppose this isn't really a lockdown thing. But what's happened to the weather? 
What's actually happened to the weather this year and what's happened to the weather this week? We've had the heating on um, this week. Uh, I mentioned earlier on in the week, I've pretty much had my slipper socks on for most of the week, worn in a kind of uh, a, a beautiful 80s style over my jeans. Um, and uh, And it's been cold. You know, I've been out for walks and runs as normal and I've come back... Uh, well, I came back this morning absolutely drenched uh, from a walk and was and was literally dripping wet from the moment that I left the house. But I think I've got I've got wet three out of five mornings this week, uh, going out for a bit of exercise. So I and I I just and whilst and I find myself very middle aged saying, well, yes, the garden does need the rain. Um, it, it it's a bit surprising that it's turned from 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 what it was and it kind of changes lockdown a bit. Uh, it makes lockdown feel more oppressive, and I guess we've been really lucky with the weather so far. But but you know what the hell? It's funny. It takes me back. It takes me back to Flash Gordon actually, because of that whole thing of is Ming the Merciless somewhere pressing a screen and just and just changing that weather, and maybe maybe next we're going to get hot hail. Um, uh, actually, hot hail might be quite a thing. Um, so the weather for June. Um, I've been I've been pondering a little bit of that this week. Um, but yeah, uh, Jamshed. Jamshed is a, uh, a a Shiraz um, that I was put onto by my next door neighbour, and uh, and she bought me a bottle of this um, this stuff. And I'm a huge Australian Shiraz drinker, and uh, and, and this this stuff's amazing. Um, and I think because you know alcohol is one of the few things running through my life that really is my kind of go-to treat at the moment not that it wasn't before but it's taken on more it's taken on more importance so i've i've started spending uh, a little bit more money on what on wine um not more money in terms of for the sake of quantity because i've always liked to be in a good northern soul i've always liked to balance quality and quantity to you know to ensure i'm comfortable with 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 that kind of that kind of ratio um, but we, you know, I've been spending a little bit more, and 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 the, the old jam shed, which isn't ridiculously expensive, um, but he's still more than I would probably spend for a bit of midweek plonk drinking. Uh, and that's kind of worked its way into being being the kind of the go to Shiraz of choice at the moment, and it's a great big chewy kind of Shiraz, a big, it's slightly sweet, actually, actually bizarrely works uh, well if it's slightly chilled. Um, and it's just it's it's fantastic, and it's got a slight it's got a slight fortified wine port esque kind of um, taste about it, and it's this it is this great big chewy thing, and and it's and it's and it's fab. So I can't recommend recommend Jam Shed highly enough. If you fancy trying something that's a bit a bit different, then 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 give that give that a whirl. Um, I. I've made the decision um, with the, you know the podcast projects are ongoing with other people and I've made a little bit of a little bit of money from it and um, and I decided that I was going to renew my laptop um, and I've just been waiting for some kind of offer or some reason to do it and so once I'd, I'd earned enough money to you know that was in the business bank account I thought right okay it's there when the when the deal comes up I'm going to buy the laptop and that deal came up this week so I ordered a new MacBook this week. Um, and every time I get something from Apple, I am just over the moon and blown away by how good the packaging is. So, yes, of course, the machines are... Uh, I mean, I'm a huge Apple advocate. and I'm an, I'm an Apple advocate because Apple just works. 
you just open it and it does its thing and it turns itself on and it sorts itself out and it just works. And for the years that you have it, it, it always works. And and it's and the actual machines, you know, are fantastic. But when you first buy an Apple product for the first few days, you're blown away by the packaging, you know, as much as you are by the tech. Because the tech's going to work for you for a period of time and it's going to do its thing. But the packaging, that moment when you first open, and of course they make subtle changes to the packaging all the time. So every time you buy a new Apple thing, you're it's like, well, wow, okay, what have they what have they done this time? And this time it wasn't even the 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 actual Apple bright white packaging. It was the box it came in. It was the brown box it came in. That they'd done this thing with like an inner box where they kind of cocooned this this uh, MacBook Air in a kind of frame inside the box. And it literally was like a picture frame to stop it being hit. So it couldn't be hit from any side of the box. And then when you opened up the box, there was a there was a kind of a, um, a thing that you peeled off and you opened it. And then it kind of, it, you didn't have to rip this thing open. It kind of had a couple of bits at the top and you lifted it. And it kind of, the, the MacBook almost rose out of this piece of inner packaging. And it was absolutely amazing. So I've had a great Apple packaging experience this week uh, and probably took a little bit more time over it than I would have done because I got the time to take the time over it because I take time with Apple packaging so that was so that was amazing um and then um I've I've kind of um I'm not watching lots and lots of things but I stumbled across uh, across something online called staged which is David Tennant and uh, Michael Sheen doing this kind of lockdown thing so it's basically a, it's a comedy it's a, it's 15 18 minute comedy episodes um and it's and it's done over zoom calls and it's hilarious it's absolutely hilarious if you're a fan of um uh, those kind of documentary style things so it's a bit like uh the trip the steve coogan uh rob bryden thing it's got that kind of slight feel to it but it feels a little bit um w1a or a bit 2012 so if you like anything along those lines and the two of them are hilarious they are as good as coogan and bryden are in in the trip um but also because it involves their family their their significant others as well um and they're great as well and then you get then you get guest stars that appear. And when the first of the guest stars appear and his voice comes over, because you hear his voice before you see him, and then you realise who that is, that's just a, a, a magic moment as well. Um, it's it's The language is out there. It's a little raw, um, but it's very, very funny. And the thing with Staged is Staged really wouldn't have happened without lockdown because that's an entire consequence of... Um, of coming up with a project that's that's actually, I guess, producible uh, in these in these times. So um, of, of everything I've banged on about, um, I would I would say to you, try and get hold of a bottle of Jam Shed and take the couple of hours and watch Staged um, because it is it's it really is quite hilarious, and that's my new that's my new go to thing. Um, thanks for listening. Have a great. Have a great week. I'm, I hope you're all safe and well um, and just about navigating everything that's going on at the moment. And it is it is constant change and it is every day brings a different announcement. Some of them consider them, some of them just literally distractions from from other headlines. But but things are very fluid at the moment. So uh, so so take care, be safe and I'll speak to you next week. <laughs>
enjoyed therapy for me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.